Why are we clapping? There's no video. Cinco Ciro. <laughs> so now it's um. just clap and say some Spanish? <laughs> yep. Yeah, boy. Can we change it from the actual <laughs> like Opa. number of the podcast to just... We can switch to Greek if you like. By the way, I don't think it's actually 50, is it? Yeah. You, that, this is number 50? 49. What? This oh, is our my gosh. Every week. Happy birthday. It's I don't know what that means. Half centennial. Hey. This is our fiftieth. This is our fiftieth episode, and we are so incredibly excited that you stuck with us for fifty episodes. Or if you tuned in last week, two episodes. And yes. Mm-hmm. Do we think anybody's actually listened to all fifty? I have. I've listened to three of them. Have you really listened to all? You put them up, yeah, you because you literally listened to the entire duration, not scrubbed ahead. Absolutely. Do you know why? Because I've been in all fifty of them. No, because I'm not listening to half this podcast. Period. So it doesn't count. <laughs> well, I'm here live, so I don't need to listen to That's it. what I'm saying. You, know? you haven't even been here for all of them. But well, I have been in 50 I've of these. been here for the last seven. Can anyone else claim 50? <laughs> I do what I want. I thought you missed one. Oh, no, your laptop was gone one, and we just used my laptop. What's that about that one? Know. was me just... Have we me introduced sh- ourselves yet? It was just me, Jack, and Sean one time. That's we true. haven't introduced ourselves yet. <laughs> no one knows well, who's talking. you introduced, and then you left. <laughs> yes, but oh, I made an fuck. appearance. That's here right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fantastic in 3D, episode number 50. Cinco e zero. Zero. Slightly out of order this week. My name is Jason Carter. Jason Pecco. Josh Sabrat. Sean Fennell. Adam McFarland. Sean Carney. And uh, we are an entertainment industry podcast talking about anything and everything that we find nerdy and or entertaining. This week, Jack is not here with us, unfortunately. But uh, I am very, very (laughs) pleased to be able to say that it's for a very good reason. Jack and his wife Susie and their daughter Dylan uh, um, luckily announced this week that they have a new addition to their family who was born on Monday. You take the longest, yes, weirdest way to say Tuesday. <laughs> Mainly because you all He's having a baby. I'm like, where's he going? Where's with it? he going? Where's he going? <laughs> all of a sudden, new, Dylan's involved. I'm way? pretty sure Dylan wasn't involved new, at all. A new car? <laughs> no. <laughs> a new pet? They announced no. They, uh, they announced they weren't going to pay taxes this year. Uh, <laughs> so Dylan, Susie, and Jack welcomed a, a new member uh, of their family this week. Uh, born on Monday night, Tuesday night. Can't Sometime between now. Jack last Russell week Terrier. Week. Monday, <laughs> like seven. it's a blur. Uh, but uh, we're not going to talk too much about it. Jack's going to come uh, back hopefully uh, next week, week after, and be able to uh, kind of give us a lowdown on the new edition. But Jack, a huge congratulations from uh, the crew. We Yay. miss you here. Woot. Very, very excited to meet Woot. this new edition of yours. <laughs> That's the good news. The bad news. Ready to break this? We are going to break out some bad news, uh, and then we'll we'll pick it up with a slight upbeat at the end. But uh, first, I want to say, uh, w- well, first we'll tell you the news, which is that um, this week, DreamWorks Animation uh, announced some major major layoffs. Um, we don't know the full scope of it, but the the blogosphere and the rumors are basically saying it's in the twenty to twenty five percent range. We're going to specify one thing. We have dream workers here at the table. We'll obviously hear from you guys in a second. We're not going to give you any uh, privileged information, inside information. We're only going to talk about what we know from the blogosphere and what's public. 
So don't expect any new information, but we will give you uh, everyone's, uh, your guys' opinions um, based on what, you know, kind of you're experiencing. That being said, before we start, I just want to say um, there's been a lot of concern, especially on Facebook. People have been hitting us up and making sure that you guys, uh, Josh and Sean, are okay job-wise and wanting to know the scoop. So thank you so much for people who wrote in. Thank you for the concern. Uh, we can say uh, right now that everybody looks like they're okay from the Nerdtastic crew. We'll get into that in a little bit. But so far, uh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much. Knocking on wood. Thank yeah. you very, very much for the, the concern. It is very much appreciated. So with that, why don't we get the inside scoop? Josh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what went on this week? Well, basically, on <coughs> Monday, we were uh, – a creative leadership meeting <coughs> was put on our calendar and nobody knew what that was about. Uh, <coughs> we just kind of thought everybody was going to talk about their shows because the show Turbo that I'm on <coughs> had our second public screening uh, over the weekend. And <coughs> from what I've heard and stuff like that, it actually did very, very well. Jumped up like, you know, I have no idea of these number systems, but it jumped up 10 points. Um Great means from negative sixty. So. Yeah, so you know, hey, <laughs> we're gonna make that one day. Uh, just, just to give you a little insight on how the numbers work, as Guardians scored higher than any other DreamWorks film, and it didn't make. Yeah, any as far as, as, far as <laughs> so, ratings go, right? That's what you're saying. Like, yeah. like it's a critical success. Uh, well, the, the test, the test audiences <laughs> scores. Yeah, we had we had a a family screening and we had a uh, general audience screening, and I guess the the, the areas that needed to be improved did you know with with audiences but sorry sidetracked there we thought we were going to be hearing you know stuff about you know our screening and and so on and so forth and come to find out that uh the movie me and my shadow uh is getting pulled off the slate and with a to be determined uh release date they don't have one for basically now. So that <clears throat> left a big gap for everybody. Um, a, half the crew would be, you know, let go because they're still technically going to be making the movie just at a very slow pace. And <clears throat> B, uh, Peabody and Sherman that is supposed to come out <clears throat> this year is now going to take the spot of what Me and My Shadows is, which is going to come out on March 17th, I believe it is. So. <clears throat> which is a better date for that film. Anyway. <clears throat> it is. It is. And then so what that kind of also left is the Turbo is pretty much wrapping up here. And it's going to be relatively done in April. But we have nothing to roll on to because <laughs> Shadows is gone and Peabody is getting pushed and Dragons is already crewed and Smack Day is still really, really early. So <clears throat> left a lot of people in limbo. And that means a lot of people are getting fired. And so that's kind of... So DreamWorks <laughs> What's going on? Animation is the the biggest, as far as number of employees, um, animation studio in the world, right? You guys are about the tw- 2,000. A little over, over 2,000. Yeah. Over so 25% would be about 500 people. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a significant layoff. Uh, you know, in my uh, six-ish years there, there's nothing even close to that big. No. no. Uh, Shauna, you've been there longer. Um, <coughs> anything like this happen in your... I think that the next biggest thing that I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, is Shark Tale. <laughs> After Shark Tale, there was a pretty significant layoff because they pulled so many people on just to finish it. And then when they were done, and, and they made they made no, there were no secrets about it. They're like, you're working for six months. And then, right. you know, that's, that's what the term is for. 
So, yeah. But you guys are saying this is uh, this is big, pretty big surprise too, as well, right? It yeah, totally it, came out of nowhere. It did come out of nowhere. It really came out of nowhere. It's with, um, and we're just now starting to like feel the gravity of the situation at work today, since it was announced yesterday. People processed it overnight today. A lot of people just aren't can't concentrate right now. And they're being told they're getting let go today too. Well, not you know, not that you have to be packing, but you know, today is when they started going like you know, so you're done. You're you're well, done, and people that have been there for fifteen, sixteen years are getting the axe. It's and it really that number c- goes up every time I hear it. What <laughs> at fifteen, sixteen years? Last time I heard it was twelve, thirteen years. Now it's fifteen, sixteen. But yeah, like no, no the company, really the company's now. Uh, I mean, it's seventeen years old now. Is that right? Ninety five. You'd probably remember more than me. I don't know. Can't remember yeah. exactly, but I mean, it's it's uh, it's <coughs> near in the twenty-ish mark for sure. Um, so it, in theory, and there are people at DreamWorks who have been with DreamWorks long before it was DreamWorks. So yeah. back when it was an English company called Amblimation, Amblimation. Yeah. that Steven Spielberg owned, um, you know, they they that was sort of the precursor to what is DreamWorks Animation. And there are people who have been with it since the beginning of Amblimation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I understand, it's really it's unknown. Just a t- it's a timing yeah. thing, too. I mean, <clears throat> it, you know, a majority of it's money, you know, uh, of what's going on, too. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it, you just kind of – the shit just came at, like, a shitty time. And even if, like, you know, you're good, you know – loyal employee if you you know you don't cause waves you do your job and you know you get it done you're not safe either you know like if you're a rock star you're still not safe it's just more of like this and if they tell you if they tell you you're safe you may still not be safe yeah who knows so um you know like we said it, it sounds like as far as we know right now you guys are looking like you're okay i know josh you're one of the heavy hitters in the layout department sean you're the head of pretty much all of crowds so uh, it would take a miracle for them to get rid of you, Sean. Um, but <laughs> well, uh, no. but we, uh, yeah, my department was very lucky, very, very lucky. We got yes. we got spared. Okay. Uh, so obviously, you know, there's a lot of sensitivity around this issue uh, in the industry. We have a lot of close friends, uh, even family that um, you know is not not fear, faring as lucky. So thoughts and prayers go out to to all of them. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, keep your eyes on the trades definitely for for more information. From a from a fiscal perspective, it seems like a lot of these big layoffs tend to happen at the end of like the first quarter, so like end of January, big, beginning of February is typically the time. Yeah, because you're doing because <coughs> you're doing your earnings report too. Yeah, <coughs> I do have to say, I, I wonder about the business model. <coughs> like, we all know that Hollywood, everyone, everyone was got too comfortable relying on the DVD sales. That was not unique to to DreamWorks. Everyone was that way. And so as DVD sales started to decline significantly, I think the issue there is were companies fast enough to respond and change their business models and not rely on that as heavily? And I think so much of DreamWorks' revenue came from that. And it was like $120 million would come extra from DVD sales. And so as that number declines, suddenly that kind of comfort level that you have starts to disappear and starts to become much thinner. And I think that causes people to, I'm not saying this is panic, but I think it causes people to be more cautious 
DreamWorks, you know, has been renowned for being the company you could go to in the animation industry and have longevity <clears throat> in your career, right? Like it mm-hmm. was very hard to get let go of DreamWorks at one point in time. <laughs> and then uh, it seems like now a leaf is turning where they're being, rather than gapping people for long periods of time and saying we want to create a stable workforce, it's a little bit more ebb and flow. Well, I, I've, I've thrown this term around a couple of times, but it, it feels like DreamWorks has sort of been this sleeping giant that's just now waking up and seeing that the world has changed around it. Right. And and although J.K. is, uh, Katzenberg is pretty good at trying to project the future of what the industry is going to look like and being very involved in that, I think the DVD sales caught everyone in the industry by surprise. Indeed. And I think <coughs> the hard part about DreamWorks is it's not like, hey, this is an animation division like um, Blue Sky that's a part of Fox or yeah. Disney Animation that's a part of the Walt Disney Company. It's not like you have these big, big money bins yeah, to carry brothers. you through the rough patches. Yeah. You're your own company. And, and we are a film company. Like, that is our primary right. company goal, business model, everything that's the film. It's not like all the extra stuff that Disney spins off. Right. Like, we don't have that. We're starting to build it, but the focus is still on films. Right. And, and I think there's been this big push. To be three films a year, three films a year, three films a, w- a year. And it's the, it's the second time that we haven't hit that mark and the second time that we felt layoffs because of it. Now, that is a really interesting thing because I, I agree. When I left, it seemed like that was a ceiling that they just couldn't quite break through as this three films a year. Even the three films one year, two films the, the next was right. a struggle. And it just seems like that continues to be the glass ceiling for them. That you guys continue to want to try and push past this it, one feels can't. a little bit more circumstantial than the last time. I think the last time they found that the infrastructure just <coughs> didn't support it, so right. they started growing the infrastructure. And then this time, you know, it was like yeah. between between a movie just finding that there's just a better release date for one movie, and the other movie just wasn't ready. It's just and we and you get kind of hosed because, you know, do I think we can do three movies a year? One hundred percent. The yeah. thing is, we got to have. A story. You got to have a solid <laughs> story. The thing is, we're going into production with ideas. You know, not even a solid thing. And we had this big <clears throat> go green sort of thing happening at, at DreamWorks, where you know, green meaning money. Like, what can we do to cut costs? You know, things and stuff to help the studio be more efficient. And the number one thing that everybody put was lock down the story. And that was, you know, a huge thing. And they said, and, you know, Jeffrey goes, we're not going to do this. We're not, you know, the, the the thing with doing an animated movie as opposed to even a live action movie is we can go in and change anything. We don't have to go do pickups. We don't have to do, you know, make sure the actor comes in and does these things and wait for lighting and location and stuff like that. We have it all at our fingertips. So we can change things on the fly. But the thing is, when you're sitting there going like, okay, um, this part of the whole entire story now just doesn't work what do we do then it doesn't work with this section and then this this section has to be rewritten and then like you know it just is a is a domino effect and it just takes a movie you know just horribly and so you know we always wanted to say you know get that shit locked down and then the unfortunate thing like sean was saying with um release dates like you know sometimes you just can't predict that stuff like when kung fu panda 2 came out we were going up against The Hangover, and, or The Hangover 2. And it was a gigantic, and, unexpected success. Yeah, and that thing just fucking just rolled over everything possible. Guardians, they came out between Skyfall and Twilight, the final yeah. version of Twilight. You well, know? And, and no one knew what the movie was about. Yeah, and they did a horrible marketing job. But, I mean, this, this whole thing is just like, it's so horrible. And we talked about, too, with... Uh, 
Turbo. Turbo's coming out July 19th. And they said it in, in our uh, meetings because basically what happened is they, you know, as I said to you guys earlier, um, 9 o'clock was the Shadows meeting, 10 o'clock was Peabody, 11 o'clock was Turbo. Each movie had this this big meeting that they went through. And, excuse me, you know, someone asked about Turbo's release date. It's just like, you know, don't you think we're just competing against way too many movies? You know, but their, you know, mentality is we need to be out when it's the most available for kids to go in the summertime when kids can go at any time. And it's just like, okay, I understand that. You you, you understand that too. But what people <clears throat> haven't taken into account is, and Bill said this, he goes, it really hit me when the first Pirates movie came out and I realized how much of a family movie that that was. And that's what everybody wanted to go see. And he goes, you see, look at movies Nowadays, he goes, when I went home, he goes, my little nephew wanted to go see Skyfall. My little niece wanted to go see Twilight. He's just like the X-Men movies, the, you know, <clears throat> superhero Mar- movies, the Marvels, Marvels, all that stuff. Those are family movies now. They're not like, you know, before it was like, Those oh, are too violent for kids. Yeah. Exactly. Like so, all that stuff now is a big thing. So we're competing on a much grander scale as opposed to when it used to be, you know, this group of people goes and see this type of movie. This group of people goes and sees in this type of movie. Now it's just like a big melting pot. And uh, someone told me this recently, and I don't know how true it is or not, but it used to be back in the day when DreamWorks was producing Shreks and, and some, some of the bigger titles that we've had throughout our history. We'd drop down a release date and other people would move. That's not happening anymore because other people are making a lot more money with these <coughs> movies. And now this year we've got a, a, just a bill roll of sequels from gigantic initial properties that are coming out. And yeah, the summer is just like all sequels. Getting mixed and up we're in going that up is going into not a Not all sequels. Plants 1 is the first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that does. Hey, first uh, in. So, Josh, you touched on something that I want to speak to for a second. Um, I think Jeffrey is not unique in his position of wanting to not lock story. So, I think anyone who's involved in the trenches of the animated process, from the storyboard artist even up to the producer, does not want to. Uh, sorry, wants the story to be locked because if you spend more time in pre-production, get this thing ironed out. Let's say even to eighty percent of the way there and you kind of figure out the last 20-ish percent in production, that's acceptable. You can Mm -hmm. kind of move forward and you can have a solid plan. That's not what DreamWorks does. DreamWorks Mm -hmm. puts a movie into production with a solid first act, an idea of a second act, and no clue what they're going to do for a third act. Correct. And like how much of the movies were actually kind of written in animation. Right. Right. And so, but my point is, Jeffrey's not unique in that. I, uh, you know... John Laster has been very public about his opinion that part of the process is developing story as you go along. Correct. Here's the thing. I completely disagree with it. Still to this day, I've heard everybody's argument from the top on down, even talked to directors themselves who have said it is so much more stressful to change a change their story, manipulate their characters when there's 350 people waiting with really big salaries trying to make this movie than it would be if it was me, my producer, and maybe a writer in development or pre-production or whatever way early on. Like directors themselves are asking for this, and yet executives believe it's a part of the creative process. I think there's, to a point, there's like a percentage there should be allowed of change. Like sure. You go into something you know, and you can make 
10%, 15%. But the, the fact is, like, when you look at, I mean, when you're saying it, 350 people sitting there on their asses. Well, I think DreamWorks is starting to identify that, has identified that as, like, a this is something we probably need to change. So that the goal <laughs> is to try and get the framework of the story developed so that there is a very clear path through the story. And then a lot of the details will probably fall in so place. So we're finding that, like, movies that have been greenlit and go into production, that they get to a point where they're like, it's not really there, is it? And then that's the decision, the real hard decision to pull it and improve right. it and then put it back or to, like, <clears throat> let it fester. Well, I feel like with any creative endeavor, you have to sort of have the map, right? Like, yeah. I know I'm going from yeah. point, point A to point B, <laughs> but there's going to be a lot of, like going back and forth while you're getting from point A to point B because you're going to do something that's going to suck and then you're going to, you know, tweak it a little bit and it's still going to suck and you're going to tweak a little bit. You need room to experiment. But exactly. the difference the difference is a point A and a point B, not we've got a point A, point, let's right. throw it out we there and start point, making it. We have a point A in a yeah. direction we don't know right. where we're going to end up. Yeah. We've got a vector and no we've end got, point. That's yeah. not a good thing. <laughs> right. So to touch on your analogy earlier, the, if DreamWorks is a sleeping giant, it sounds like really it's the executive staff or the board of directors that's a sleeping giant because every employee at DreamWorks for the last 10 years years has been saying lock down your story Josh like you like yeah. you indicated so really if the employees have known that this is a problem and the executives are just starting to realize this that doesn't give me a lot of faith in the executive staff has the executive staff been reading the comment box <laughs> actually an interesting question came up today is you know is is the executive staff going to be impacted by these mm. changes and the question was no I mean there are executives that are making for you know pl millions plus yeah, in the in, you know in this company, and they're making these decisions, but I don't know what what impact it has on them. Here's aside what, from like we well we know we need to do this bad no. thing. Now. We did we did bad. You could, <laughs> you, we did bad. Sorry, we did bad. You could definitely <laughs> say that these are the times in an, any executive or high up manager's career that will make or break their career, right? Like. Like based on the decisions right now and the outcome and how they pull their company out of this and how they deal with this mass amount of a, of a layoff will kind of determine is this person a successful leader or are they not? Did they kind of bumble their way through it and this is reactionary or are they doing this and they have a plan to get DreamWorks kind of back on track to being mm -hmm. the big, big powerhouse with, with big franchises? What do you think? You know, it's not <laughs> – I have – I truthfully do have a lot of confidence in the executive staff at DreamWorks. You know, I think that there have been a lot of situations when I was there that seemed dire and pulled out of them quite well. Mm -hmm. There was a heyday of DreamWorks, and, uh, and it seems to be in a lull right now. I don't believe we've seen the end of DreamWorks, but I certainly <coughs> think personally – that the movies and the stories that have been coming out of DreamWorks and from what I know about the future slate, I don't know that there's real vision there. There's a lot of really interesting ideas, but some of the things I've been hearing are how can we cash in on merchandise and how can we get uh, product placement relationships to get more money as opposed to let's make the best possible story we can. I think, and it also, <clears throat> I think they're just always behind the times mm. like you know Jeffrey's very knowledgeable you know I'm sure the executive staff is very knowledgeable and as times are changing I don't think they're adjusting correctly to what's going on I feel like I feel like all of the other business models that Jeffrey is trying to implement as like the not film franchise version of DreamWorks to try to subsidize the fact that we don't have DVDs like I feel like those are more like forward thinking than our film industry and even those forward-thinking sure. stuff, I think he's trying to do what somebody else has already benefited from and then, like, you know, 
it's just like, hey, let's do a social networking website. Those are big right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, you're going to be pricking, you know, a, a giant balloon there and with, you know, your thumb. And it's, it's not going to pop. Wacky, there, wily, wavy, airfold guy. Yeah. <laughs> Intergalactic, you know, technical guy or whatever the hell it is. Wavy tube yeah. man. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not in, in much in on the executive scene. I deal with them a little bit. And I see I have seen how they handle problems. And it is all monetary. In my like my reaction to being in meetings with them is it's all monetary. What's the bottom line? Money, 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 and that's I think all, all the talks go. I think it probably has to be, but I, I do. I am very ingrained in the technology at DreamWorks, and although we are making some pretty amazing leaps forward in technology, um, there's a whole lot of stuff that we're way behind on, um, and just adoption. Like, like some stuff that you would think would not take very long to adopt has taken many, 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 many months to adopt, <coughs> and it's always surprising to me. Because I don't know whether it's we're trying to be really, 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 really safe or we're trying to, um, like, I, I don't know. There's, there's like, I feel like we're a little bit off in our balance of, like, safety versus make stuff really usable. Yeah. I think... I think part of that is the size. You know, DreamWorks it's, is, yeah, is it's big. Gigantic. and gigantic. The, the, how many people are in technology? A couple hundred? I mean, it's a decent chunk, yeah, right? It's a decent chunk. Well, probably more now, but yeah. So... It's a much if you have let's just say 250 people working on you oh. know the future of your, your software the future of your pipeline design. Mm-hmm. If there's a little change or someone has an idea, that's a big train <laughs> to stop rolling. Uh, you know, I can my, I've had the unique perspective of Hold being up. at DreamWorks and seeing that, and then coming here, which is the exact opposite. Which is we have a technology staff of approximately six dudes, mm-hmm. and getting getting progress to go forward. It's hard just because you don't have the labor or yes. the people to, like, make leaps and bounds. But changing direction is incredibly easy. Yeah. You get a meeting with six guys and be like, hey, I got another idea. Let's try this. All right, cool. It's not, you know, the, coming, the train coming to a stop and re, you know, going off a different track, very easy. But it goes two miles an hour sure. versus DreamWorks, which it's going 360 miles an hour. But it's well, very difficult to – uh, yeah, very difficult to pump the brakes. <laughs> pump the brakes. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I've, it's funny because you talk about a small team – that is very nimble, can change direction, but then there's a resource issue, right? Where it's like, okay, we've landed on the right path. How do you Now it's it? going to take a while to build this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we, don't, we, can't, we can't immigrate a bunch of Chinese and a bunch of Irishmen to build our railroad. We've got to do it with these six guys. That's, that's a big endeavor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the amount of software and people that are trying to move this massive machine forward, it's, there's too much inertia in the direction that it's going. For sure. So, like, in my department, it's really cool because we can be a little bit more nimble because we're smaller. We we have less ripple effect across the rest <laughs> of the world. But uh, it's... Eh. <laughs> yeah, but changing the lighting or the, the you know, software or the renderer, it the renderer would have massive animation. impact. I mean, the animation system, anything involving animation, you're going to affect, you know, <clears throat> more than dozens of people. And all of them are very, very ingrained in their workflow and their idea of how things should be. And most of them are looking at it from what they know and not what things could be. Right. So there's, yeah. There, that's the thing, too, is there's resistance to this type of, like, let's make it better. Nah, nah, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> how often do you guys roll out updates to your software? Um, well, it kind Once of, every 18 It kind of depends. So. I mean, it, it's, it's usually... 18 years? It's always incremental, and it's always moving forward. Like, really, really, really big changes... 
is usually like every film will get a really big change. Um, but we do change software like monthly at the very least. Um, but like third party, adopting third party versions, it takes a very long time because there's lots of custom plugins that are built, lots of frameworks around stuff. And um, I remember when we tried um, implementing um, a newer version of Maya, we had to rewrite all of our camera solutions because the camera had changed enough in that version that none of our stuff that we had before worked. So you can imagine how <coughs> big of an overtake so that is. do people just have to stop working for that time or people who are no people people or? lock on a version and they use it for the okay. rest of time until the new version is able to go and usually that means well you'll see that when you get to the next film which right. is actually very very common because of that sure. very reason like yeah. a show will lock to this version of this software with this version of this rig yeah. or whatever so that if future updates to technology were to break something, this show wouldn't be impacted, right? right. Production wouldn't stop. Right. So it's yeah, smart. I mean, we, it's smart we, do the same, we do the same yeah. thing like when we've been using Like when Jay's engines. sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we find somebody else that can do Jay's job Just twice as fast. Just the guy off the street, right? <laughs> Which the actually more, isn't yeah, hard. I mean, yeah. it's pretty simple. Johnny I'm Walker, Texas <laughs> Ranger over here could do it. But he can't yeah. roll it out as fast. <laughs> well, what's, what's interesting, too, about our, our uh, like what Sean was saying is when we're trying to write you know, development tools and, and new packages and stuff like that because the studio is such a proprietary use. They don't really make the software, you know, for our pipeline. They make the software and they go here, now <laughs> fix your pipeline so that it works with this software. Yeah. And which is a huge, huge undertaking. And it just causes, and that's why, like you were saying, you know, things that would take, you know, short amount of time take us like you know years to even like just develop it because we're trying to now rework something to to work with this which is stupid and it has opportunities i mean you, you have the ability to look back and say look at how specific we made this now we can make it a little bit more generic right. and the next time we can make it a little bit more generic and it, you kind of do through those steps and that helps a lot which is that's kind of what I, what my life has been for the past years like how can we make this stuff so generic that we can literally plug in other applications when we find that they're good and just start going. Sure. So, so uh, that's a little bit, I think we'll wrap up from the depressing corner. Doom and gloom. Beer, 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 beer. Again, <laughs> just want to emphasize that the there are a lot of people that are impacted and thoughts and prayers are with them. And we're really, really lucky to have some strong, strong dream workers with us who seem to be uh, uh, faring very well there. So. We're, we're really happy for you guys, um, but definitely thoughts and prayers for the other guys. Definitely. Yes. Um, so, shifting gears dramatically, Taco Bell and Doritos <laughs> have formed a re oh, relationship. quite magical oh, on so many God. levels. Yeah. I said it was a dramatic shift. Mm -hmm. I didn't say it was going to be a segue. I yeah. said it was dramatic. When so, it magical. They formed a relationship. Magical. When are they going to change their name to Dorito Bell? Dorito yeah. Bell. Oh, my God. I would I'd go still go day. there oh. every day. Taquitos. Oh. Um, so I love Taco Bell. If you go to I any Taco taquitos. Bell in the nation, oh, as far as I understand, really? you can get a nacho cheese Dorito taco. Correct. Adam, tell us what that is. I, frankly, I've been ordering the same thing at Taco Bell for 15 years, so I don't even, I've never even had it. It is a hard shell mm. taco where the hard shell taco is a Dorito. Is a nacho, nacho cheese, cheese Dorito. Dorito. Nacho yes. cheese flavor. So this Dorito. is a two part story. Boom. The first part yeah. of the story is that it looks like Doritos is going to go to Taco Bell and say, guess what? The super successful nacho cheese Dorito taco mm -hmm. you have, how about, what do you think about Cool Ranch? 
Yeah. How you feel about Cool Ranch? You like me now? Johnny Walker, Texas Ranger, does not like it now. There, you don't think that the second Doritos went to Taco Bell and said, hey, we've got your 10-year game plan. <laughs> right? We're going to start with nacho cheese. Some lemon that, that is logical. That's that is the, logical. Yeah, that's cheese, the generic. That's the tacos, one. nachos, that all makes sense. Yeah. Number you two, know, year two, Cool Ranch. We're going to introduce Cool Ranch because people have now accepted the Doritos into the Taco Bell franchise. <laughs> Yeah, we What's I, your I frankly, Should I thought they would have gone with the Tapatio Dorito. I thought that they would have gone <laughs> there. I'm waiting for the guacamole taco Dorito. Hint of does, lime. Dor- does Doritos mm. even make a guacamole? They better. <laughs> <laughs> what about spicy habanero? Mm. Is that a thing? They don't make that. The, right. Where are you guys buying Doritos? Your Doritos? No, that's my problem, Adam. Is you just said there's a ten year plan, but after Cool I don't Ranch, know. I don't what know. do you do? I was trying to really, I was <laughs> really <laughs> racking really up. Else. No, the hey, joke hit that was the ten year plan, and I couldn't back it up. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't come it's up with more two than year two year plan. <laughs> no, that's it. That took ten years to come yeah, up with. Ten years. They should have spaced it out a little bit. They shot their wad a little early. Now Pringles, if they did Pringles. Taco Bell. Oh, like they could do a 10-year like plan. Like, would they just tostadas? be, mm. they'd just be crack, glued crack, together crack. with honey? It'd be like this. Yeah. A Taco Bell-flavored Pringle hard taco, taco shell, shell taco. That's that getting Follow that for a second. I don't know amazing. what you So the second part of this story. That's what Del Taco will do. The second part of the story is that this relationship is not one-sided. No, no, sir. Is It's not only that Taco Bell is going to have Dorito-flavored things, but actually Doritos has announced they're coming out with Taco Bell-flavored chips. Is that right? Do you, is that right? Yes. What is the Taco Bell flavor? I want to know what that is. How do you sum up the flavor? It's just vomit. Fake, uh, fake meat, <laughs> says, <laughs> says Johnny. I saw a commercial the other night, and they have some chef – Saying she's, she's trying meat, and she's like, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. And then she says, no, this is right. Yeah, no, and that's because there is a homeless person something. hissing all over the meat. I don't even know what happened in your story. No, the, the Taco Bell, the Taco Bell <laughs> I didn't really know what happened in the commercial either, but she had a green, <laughs> I don't know a what green happened chef in your story. <laughs> Who's the good guy, and did he win? I don't know. <laughs> the Taco Bell flavor is clearly going to replace the Doritos taco flavor. Okay, hold on. So, uh, so, would, it be, so would it be overload if you took a Taco Bell flavored Dorito and then dipped it in Taco Bell taco Sauce. meat uh, and ate it all with No, I'm saying what about the Taco Bell flavored Dorito used as a shell on a Taco Bell taco, like which becomes taco like Bell Taco Bell squared, which no becomes when they made a video game based on the movie Street Fighter. And it was Street Fighter, the movie, the game, which was Street right. Fighter, the game based on the movie, based on the game, <laughs> what which is an incredible say? game. Mind I'd, I'd watch and play both of those yeah. simultaneously. <laughs> so there was a hey, movie. I want you to know this. Following yeah. your story, I kind of felt like I was watching Inception. For I know, because that's what it is. So imagine this. Let me just break this down for you. There was a video game, Street Fighter. Everybody knows that, right? Wait, what is Street that? Fighter 2. That to me? It was a one-on-one fighting game. Oh, right? Then they made a <laughs> movie <laughs> with Raul Julia, <laughs> called Street Fighter the movie. Rest Who? in peace. Raul Julia. He's you mean dead Jean-Claude He's Van Damme? He and Jean-Claude Van Damme. One, that's yeah. the only character I remember from I that. forgot that Jean-Claude Van Damme How was in that movie. How did you forget that? So wait, so there's a video game, game Street Fighter 2. He was Guile. Oh, yeah. Come on. Then there's a movie and the movie Raul Julia was at Bison. Yeah. Then they made a movie based on the video game. Fair enough. That makes sense. They do that all the time. But then they made a video game Based on the movie that was based on the video game. It's called Street Fighter the Movie the Game. I don't think that's true. (laughs) I'm not even fucking lying. Look it it up. We're going to put it on our Facebook page. (laughs) Because it is amazing. Because what they did was you play as actors. You don't play as actors. You play like literally as. Like you walk off camera and you have to do takes. (laughs) You have to go out there and do like take it again. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's incredible. You don't even fight. Basically all you have to do is read lines from a script. You just got to look good. Yeah, but then and then um, really Raul Julia 
dies at the end. It was the last movie he Spoiler. did what? before he died. Spoiler alert. And Bison dies at the no, end. No, no, no. Raul Julia, the, the human being actor, died at the end of the filming of Street Fighter so the movie. So who was in Adam's Family 2? That was Raul Julia. That came before Street Fighter the movie. Hold who on. was in Adam's Family hold 3? On, hold on, hold on. <laughs> There's no Adam's <laughs> Family 3. He is God not, damn it! He is not kidding. Yeah, no, In 1995, not. it's a head-to-head fighting game released as a coin-operated <laughs> arcade game. Ooh, the game yep. is based on the 1994 <laughs> live-action Street Fighter movie and uses digitized images of the film's cast posing as the characters in the game. It's Mortal Kombat. While the Just home like video game, also titled Street Fighter the movie, was released for the PlayStation and Sega Saturn. Yeah. Wait, let's get back Worth to the time. Nachos Bell Grande Nachos <laughs> Taco Bell Taco Nachos Taco yeah, this Meat. It's a Street Fighter the movie the game of tacos. Do any of you remember the Taco Bell BLT flavored taco? Uh, that no. sounds horrible. No. I, it sounds terrible, and I specifically I remember I like once it. having it and thinking... The only thought I had was, man, this tastes exactly like a BLT. It wasn't it was good. It wasn't it was bad. It just was like they nailed it. <laughs> that was my only thought but on the there subject. There was not one artificial piece of real food in there. It doesn't matter. I just specifically remember having this clear thought of, man, that tastes just like a BLT. They nailed the bacon. They nailed it's, the lettuce. They nailed the tomato. I don't know. I guess it's so. It's people. The one thing I love talk, uh, about Taco Bell, though, is the fact that it's – 19 different ways to order the same thing. That's yeah. Mexican Come on. That's all yeah, Mexican. Mexican. This is Mexican a Jim Gaffigan joke. Yeah. Is it? It yeah. is. Yeah, he I've never heard that. With cheese, cheese meat and vegetables. You haven't heard it? No. What Look is, up Jim Gaffigan. He what was is a, tacos? <laughs> it's a tortilla with cheese meat or vegetables. What is tostada? <laughs> it's a tortilla with cheese meat or vegetables. <laughs> Look, just say something Spanish and I'll bring you something. <laughs> I have to say I like where this guy's head's at. <laughs> He's very white. I like the cut of his jib. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, almond touchscreen Wi-Fi router. So, okay. here, I basically, <laughs> this segues into a, whole a bunch of words just, together. We're just hey, putting words no. together now. I I <laughs> hey, <laughs> blueberry light switch microphone stand. <laughs> uh, the purple's got me hey, by the hey, brain banana. Josh, write this down. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> right there. Damn it. No one remembers it. Something about go back blueberry, blueberry light switch. switch. Mic- Microphone. microphone. Light switch Episode microphone. number switch 50. Microphone. <laughs> I don't um, know what's happening. No, so basically... Microphone I, stand. I, I threw that up there. I threw that up there. And uh, one of the perks of being unemployed, um, currently you've got lots of free time to do stuff. Bye, Johnny. And I walked into the appliance section of Best Buy. Who's Johnny? <clears throat> and spent like... Oh. He's gone. I spent like <laughs> 45 minutes talking to the frig- refrigerator salesman in Best mm. Buy. That sounds that interesting. Sounds like he probably awesome. loved it. I know. He really he talked a little longer than I was ready Oh, I'm going to make a sale. This is going to be awesome. Why did but you anyway, stay uh, there talking to well, him? For things got interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and not how I wish. Did he touch you? Yeah, Please. we went into the. There's a really large freezer area that, that you can go into. That is not the way you describe a conversation with a refrigerator salesman. There's no video, too. Hey, I mean, hey, hey. Facial expression. Things got interesting. Things you know got what? weird. You don't describe a conversation with a refrigerator salesman because, one, I didn't even know they existed. <laughs> There's... It's, it literally <laughs> said refrigerator specialist on his Best Buy badge. What was the hardest? Maybe he just froze things well. What was the know. hardest part of getting to Bad that joke? Best Buy? Was it getting in a time machine and going back to 1950? I don't know. Where there was, he was like, right, he was young. I want to know how this Another is in any way interesting. Anyway, yeah. so I, I saw whatever whatever fridge there has a touchscreen and Wi-Fi and apps and all that bullshit craziness. Pandora. That's I know you're lying. What? Fridges don't have that shit. They do now. That, and has like anyway, so it has like Wi-Fi and all this stuff and speakers built in so you can play your Pandora. And I was like, that's cool. It's like $4,500 and that's dumb. <laughs> but I got talking to him about how like what is the most expensive fridge he's ever seen. And just throw out numbers. <laughs> throw out, throw out numbers. 
Throw out numbers. 18, 10 grand. What did you say? 10 grand. No. Low, higher. Higher? 18 what? grand. Way higher. 30 grand. Way higher. 54. Way higher. $100,000. Way higher. Two hundred. No. Higher. Was Michael Jordan high inside of it? Higher, higher, higher. Two, um, $2 million. Okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> a, quarter, a quarter of a million dollars. $600,000. So I'll, I'll, I'll dive into some of the features of this. <laughs> Please do so. It was a car. I will <laughs> admit that this has gotten interesting. I know. So <laughs> how, do you, how do you take this fridge on a test drive? So literally, it's it's and he said it was he said the brand and I, I was trying to find it. I spent about four minutes because I try not to be on, and I try not to spend much time on my computer while I'm not working because it's really nice not to be on a computer. That's a side note, but anyway, so I didn't find the exact. He said the brand was Wolf. He was mm. at like a. Uh, and they make a very expensive appliances. Uh, he was at some like refrigerator conference or like. Uh, <laughs> yes, he like, was. You, know, you guys. Hey, you isn't guys that know? where all the cool kids go? Yes, you guys went to Comic Con or whatever nerdy bullshit like that was. This, is this guy CES went to a refrigerator, refrigerator conference. <laughs> Fridge Con. And so he was. <laughs> Not lots of good cosplaying at Fridge Con. So this is what this company does. It does. It has. Uh, I'm trying to decide what feature to talk about first. Can you live in it? Because if not, it's not worth so it. So here's one of the crazy features it has. It How has, big was this? Uh, I mean, it's a it's normal fridge. I mean, they can be as For big 600 as... 600 grand? Yeah, they can be fridge. as big as anything. It's a I'm walk-in sure. meat locker. But anyway, so listen. Yeah. One of the features it has was it had an oven in it. <laughs> it's not a fridge anymore. <laughs> no, listen. Listen to this feature. So literally, <laughs> you have your, you have your like, whatever casserole <laughs> thing you make that's, that's yeah. cool and ready to go. You can, from your phone, <laughs> tell you, it to start you, cooking. Why don't you put that in the, the fridge for me? And it will lower into the oven <laughs> and start cooking it. <laughs> like the, from hey, your phone. Like so you're, you're like the, you're like at the office. And you're like, man, I really hope my stew is warm when I get home, <laughs> and I don't want to use a crock pot. Sounds like a fire hazard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm gonna turn on a stove when I'm 20 anyway, miles away. I can we just can, see we it. can you nitpick put it, you, all these features. You have your potluck, and you bring in your roaster. Yeah. Hey, can you put this in your froven for me? Froven. Your froven. That didn't. It, that wasn't the name of it. No. That wasn't the name of it. But well, I, I think, call bullshit because it's not a refrigerator. But it has a fucking oven built in. What if it's 85 so, percent? Refrigerator and just fifteen percent oven. Oh, well, now we're just getting into a philosophy debate. <laughs> okay, so the other other one. So the oven's at the bottom. That makes even I, less just, sense. Because yeah. he, he rises. rises. <laughs> Look, anyway, so I didn't get into the specifics of that. I was just was like, that's awesome. You and believe this man at, at face value? I, what am I gonna buy a? What am I gonna? I, I think I'm he was out of my league. <laughs> he was so into it. I don't He's think he was. You. I think he was. That's so why he was excited. Imagine that. This guy has the worst <laughs> job ever. And, he and here you come, bullshit. like, excited. You're like, man, what's the most exciting <laughs> fridge you've ever seen? And he's like, fuck, the Maybe. only thing I can say is that this stupid one plays music. He's like, uh, it was like a no. million dollars. This guy has, a, I guarantee he has a YouTube channel called Hidden Cam Dumbass Best Buy Customers. We're <laughs> <laughs> Googling it then. So anyway, so then there's other feature where the shelves, like, you uh, can assign, like, it's like all kind of like a, like pressure sensitive shelves. Mm. So you assign what's on each shelf and it can tell when things are getting lower by the weight. Mm, so like, you have, cool. like, this is like a milk section. And as you start to drink it, it will it can send you updates like, hey, FYI, you're out of milk. Like if you're like, I'm going oh, to the yeah. store, Fridge. That, that makes like, sense. Hey, Fridge, I'm going to the store. What am I out of? Yo, pick, okay. up, <laughs> pick up some milk yo, for yo, me while you're out, eh? Does it call <laughs> up Amazon do? Fresh and order a new one for you? <laughs> uh, maybe, sure. Anyway, the other, the other thing that was crazy was, <laughs> and this the was model. the one that I was like, what the fuck, was so they have like – it's fingerprint. The oven wasn't recognized. <laughs> yeah, come on. No, because this gets this gets like fucking weird. 
from but, it. So it's uh, fingerprint <laughs> recognized, like security. Like, so you can... Do, who, what are you putting on? Like, I don't know. I was talking like, do you have like a fat kid that no, you don't so, want to... <laughs> you know why? Actually, oh, well, know why. Still, so people with pica that can't keep themselves from eating can lock themselves out of their fridge. Well... So there are people that actually, they, they don't they have do. the... They oh. don't have the, the chemical... Balance in their brain. Well, this to will tell their body they're that they're when they full. need to cut their hands so off. Them too? This fridge will. <laughs> this fridge will teach them a lesson, like the it dog shock them? collar. What? Yes. So it has. <laughs> so listen. To this. So it has. It has like <laughs> like warnings, and it, it says you could you could up the voltage. You have five seconds it, to but comply. But it's like it's like one yeah. handprint uh, incorrect. Please, you know, do the proper thing. It's like second one. Please step away from the fridge, kind of thing. And then the third one will shock you if you keep trying to unlock it. And Does it have a screen that says no? When it shuts? <laughs> hold on, hold on. This, so this means you have to wear the collar? No, no, no. It Literally, the door will shock you. Oh, I see. Okay. Does it chop you up and put you in the oven if you keep trying? The froven. Maybe. The froven. The froven. <laughs> the froven. That's Sorry. The, that's the stamp, the side-by-side -side thing. Gotcha. But, uh, so it's a he was saying He was saying that I was like, well, who the fuck is buying an electrocuting <laughs> fridge? And the only thing he could come up with, whether lot truthful or or not, uh, no. was that apparently uh, at this refrigerator conference, uh, <laughs> the guy told him that Morgan Freeman buys them and uses them as safes. Because really? <laughs> one is going to check his fridge okay, for his valuables. Yeah. I'm calling bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. Morgan Freeman's crazy as fuck, but I don't think... <laughs> you, read that, you read that thing he said online about titty sprinkles. So, you know, come on. Morgan Freeman's going to do it. This has to come up in an interview soon. Called has yeah. to. And then the, oh, the other thing that he said that they, they do is, like, one of the custom features they do is they'll come out to your house and, like... The door. Punch you in the face. The door. <laughs> First they slap you and be like, I'm telling really? You. You're going to spend 600 grand on yeah. a fridge. I'm emailing this to Trey Parker and insisting that he puts it in the South Park. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. But anyway, so they'll come to your house and they'll like, depending on where you want the fridge and obviously if it's like a first floor, like there's no basement, they can actually make it so the door goes straight down instead of fucking opens. So it's just like, it's like, like you touch it like, <laughs> and then it just like disappears. Can it go? Why would you want that feature? Why would you want a fridge that can shock somebody? I this don't. This guy's <laughs> fucking with you. This guy had so much fun with you. Imagine what the car stereo guy at this this twisted Best Buy says. <laughs> There's this one thing, and then you you press the radio station, and you go to space. It's a refrigerator. <laughs> Sean Connery bought one when he was filming Medicine Man. <laughs> like what the fuck? He doesn't use it to go to space. He uses it to like store his uh, sporting goods. You press, uh, you press preset two, your glove box opens, and it's a refrigerator. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> this guy was fucking so with you. No, doesn't exist. So you're saying you're no not spending six hundred grand on it? No, Coke, I'm Pepsi. saying that I would love to spend six hundred grand on it, but it doesn't exist. This man was lying to you. Guy's an go back and go it's back. called the worst my refrigerator. Go back and ask him. Shenanigans. I'm gonna call him shenanigans. Yeah. Guy. I, I, I got some time tomorrow. Hey, I might go stop. Yeah, this. you so lost me at oven. So on the subject of technology. Cutting edge technology. You. I love technology. How are you going to top Dell, electrocuting fridges? Dell has announced that they're going private. <laughs> <laughs> I, only glaze over it real quick, but I hear a lot that companies go public, right? Yeah. Meaning they're publicly traded. When do you hear? Terrible. You know idea. what? We were public, and we're like, eh, we're over it. We don't Have like you, you all. Have you met people like who live in this this country and <laughs> on this planet? <laughs> what? <laughs> you listen to the police scanner. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. We we're thinking about turning this podcast into a true crime podcast. <laughs> yes. So we've been like looking, starring, but no people. Starring Johnny Walker. People are the worst. Like people are awful. Like I would instantly. Like I would have if I had a company, I'd go public and then just like spend one day at like Walmart or the Van Nuys Courthouse, and then I'd come back and be like, Ugh, I don't <laughs> want those people to share in my <laughs> wonderful company. Yeah. 
I'm going private so I can invite my friends like Jason Pecco. So I'm not sure. I'm, uh, I'm always here for you, man. <laughs> I'm not sure about the logic as to why they chose to do this. What I do know is that there was a really interesting uh, side note to this, which is that um, Michael Dell is, you know, obviously the primary shareholder and will um, buy out the rest of the shares with a $2 billion loan from Microsoft. $2 billion loan from Microsoft. So. Um, Microsoft has a quote. They did a press release and said, Microsoft has provided a $2 billion loan to the group that has proposed to take Dell private. Microsoft is committed to the long-term success of the entire PC ecosystem and invests heavily in a variety of ways to build that ecosystem for the future. Except Linux. Uh, But what's fascinating is, think about this. Dell, I don't know what Dell's market share is, but they are still one of the bigger PC manufacturers out there. Correct? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So basically Microsoft comes along and goes, hey, well, we make the software that all you jokers use. It's certainly in our best interest that you not only stay afloat but are successful. So if you believe going private is successful, let us help you because, really, you help us. Well, and it's funny because I, if I'm not mistaken, Dell was got in a little bit of hot water because they were letting you buy computers with Linux pre-installed. They were, like, putting Ubuntu, uh, Ubuntu whatever, yeah. on uh, – Computers and Microsoft was getting kind of pissed because when you were checking out, it was like, "Do you want Windows or do you want Linux?" Like you can have Linux, like whatever. And Dell was like, "Yeah, you know what? We're just going to give people the option. Why not give people choice?" And Microsoft was like, "You're stealing money from our pockets." <laughs> our but wasn't so that the whole big pockets. antitrust <laughs> thing that Microsoft dealt with was because yeah. every computer that you bought came with Windows, yeah, and that was had, it. You had to buy Windows. Yeah. You couldn't not buy Windows. You also could not. Remove Internet Explorer from the Windows yeah. experience, period. There's a lot of lawsuits over all that stuff. Yeah. Antitrust is a fascinating thing. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not so fascinating back that there, we're going to talk about it. Fuck you, topic. There's a topic that will come up shortly that I swear is six weeks old, and I don't know how it arrived back on the top of the list. But it's important, and when you opened with we were going to talk about technology, I was convinced that this is what you were going to cover. I was ready to talk about it, and then you talked about Dell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, something exciting from, Dude, the, the, from the nerdy corner uh, real fast, which is that we've uh, chatted a lot now about that Disney bought Lucasfilm, that they announced that J.J. Abrams <coughs> will be directing Star Wars Episode 7, mm. we're assuming it will be called. Uh, and they have now, Disney has confirmed that they are going to be doing spin-off movies uh, based on the different characters in Star Wars. Because uh, I always wondered where Jar Jar Binks really came from. Of course, yeah. Absolutely. Below the sea. Naboo. The gun gun. Below the sea. Naboo. <laughs> so uh, two of those that have been rumored and supposedly <coughs> confirmed-ish, but we're reporting them as rumor, is that one will be based on a young Han Solo. And the other will be based on the bounty hunter trade of the universe, uh, basically revolving around Boba Fett. There are actually well, d- some really Yoda good. As well? There are actually some really good storylines behind those characters in books out there, so it could be good. It hey, could be really good for them, actually. While we're on the subject, briefly, uh, last week you weren't uh, here, and we talked about the Timothy Zahn uh, yes. Thrawn trilogy, I believe mm-hmm. it's called. Admiral and you're the Thrawn's only one who's read this, so yes. can you speak a little bit to kind of your thoughts on what that is to the universe? 
Uh, yeah, so... The delicious dessert flan. That's what I was going to say. That's, I, mean, I, I was going to say it's a little bit cl- more clever. The flan, the flan trilogy. More clever joke. Yeah, no. The, de- I, sometimes the delicious I gelatinous out. Mexican dessert. So what exactly, exactly do you want me to weigh in on? Uh, do you think... We were talking in the context of the Toy Story 3 writers going to be penning... Uh, uh, Star Wars Seven. Okay. And cool. I think you, uh, you at where, one point. Yeah, where was it going to go? I you was the one. one point, I was the one when we first found out that the Lucas um, Enterprise had been sold to Disney, and the the sequels is the more sequels were going to be released. Um, <laughs> my opinion was the Thrawn series would be the best ones to put in there because they are, in my opinion, I haven't read all of the Star Wars books, but in my opinion, that is um, the most complete story for a trilogy. It has very interesting characters, and um, Thrawn is awesome. It's it's like he's kind of like Kevin Spacey in Seven. If you followed Kevin Spacey, not the the detectives, like all of his genius, because he's he's a character who is so insanely smart that he can predict what his enemies are going to do based on studying their artwork and their history and their culture. So he knows how to attack different races just based on the history of how their race works um, and in that he's also able to predict what the rebellion is going to do in addition to it so from the from the perspective of Leia and Han and Luke and all those people it seems like there's a spy constantly watching and giving him information because he always knows where they're going to be and when they're going to be there and he's two steps ahead all the time and it's just a really fascinating story to watch his genius unfold while they're battling with it. Interesting. Yeah. I've never read the books, but if it if they're anything like the Mexican dish, I think the films will be delicious <laughs> and satisfying. But also, hasn't hasn't The Hobbit taught us that you don't need a trilogy of books to make a trilogy of movies? That's true. <laughs> I don't think The Hobbit taught us anything. Hey, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Adam and I, after watching the movie, we went back and watched the animated cartoon from like 72 or the whatever. Hobbit? Yeah. It's so. Well, oh what's really God. funny? What's really funny is the yeah. One, one going terrible. back, the, the, the memories from my childhood are so much stronger than the film. <laughs> oh, yeah. totally. But uh, what's interesting is I won't give anything too far away. But the first Hobbit movie from Peter Jackson is like I don't know two thirds of the cartoon. Like, oh really? That means the yeah. last, the rest of the story, which is one third of the movie, <laughs> is going to take place in. Two more two films movies I, that are there's probably a, there's enough material there. All right, there's enough material. I, but that yes. makes me think that you know uh, this this flan trilogy might be interesting. But I think what they really should use is uh, as inspiration for seven, eight, and nine in Star Wars should be the uh, Christmas special with the Wookiee uh, Christmas <laughs> celebration. They uh, could do they could know. do the books where um, where Chewie dies. They could do yeah. that one if they wanted I to. think that this is all bullshit until they be. do a Lando Calrissian spinoff trilogy <laughs> and they keep Billy D. Williams as <laughs> old Lando. Billy D. Billy D. Works every time. Yep. <laughs> I like What's next? I, li- I, just, I can't follow that with anything. All right. So some more Xbox rumors. Uh, Durango. The next generation mm. Xbox, the Xbox 720 or just Xbox, whatever you want to call it, is uh, rumored it to have box. now a Blu-ray drive, which would compete directly with uh, the PlayStation Blu-ray. 3. Blu-ray? <laughs> what is Blu-ray? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> that's the only thing we had. Yeah. That's all you had going for you. Sorry, Jay. And uh, also to have an always active online connection. So I'm interested in that. I want to ask you guys, I, this came up at lunch. We were talking about this. And my question was, are enough people putting their consoles online that you can actually require them to do it? Like, are is everybody so – are we so much – like living in the 21st century that everyone's living room is just like, oh, yeah, I'm plugged in. Like, I know we all are, but we're a very niche group of people. I would say not even like that we work in the entertainment industry, but that we live in Los Angeles, that we did it. Like, are there moms in Detroit who are no, going to – like, they're not no, online. There are no moms in Detroit. Oh, yeah, there was that <laughs> thing with the water, right? But are there moms in <laughs> – Wow. You know? Good answer. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> no, but is there – like are people – are that many people online? I remember hearing a statistic about the Wii, which was a different demographic, but one that Xbox is trying to get to, that said 50% of people didn't know that their Wii could go online. It's because it goes online so terribly – yeah, but I mean, the thing has built-in Wi-Fi. It's already got to step up from what the <coughs> Xbox One was, uh, Xbox 360 was when it launched. Why would you want to play online games on a Wi-Fi signal? Yeah. Well, not on Wi-Fi, but I'm saying, why? like, why I think always on Internet, like, why? boggles why? my mind with a console. I get it with PC because well, PCs. So, so are they trying to force people into a gold subscription when they buy this machine? I so d- they, that's a it's, good question. It's also used games. It's they don't want you. They're going to do it to prevent um, used games. But couldn't they do the used thing? Used games like, like resale? Because well, I thought yeah, they, they, were gonna so go they, they were going to go disc trailers. Disc well, list. so what? yeah, what yeah. I had heard is that. Discless. 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 They, they, they can't go, do that. They're, they're going to just uh, go disc trailers. There's going to be just no tray. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can put it. Just literally no, removing the tray from the situation. Uh, you just scan the Blu-ray disc up to your Connect 2.0, and then it gets the game. You just hold it up. <laughs> you just spin it real fast. No, they don't want They want to. They think that they're losing too much money to people like GameStop. And so what they want to do is you buy the disc, you put it in for the first time, and it goes, oh, hey, Sean, this is your disc that you bought that you're using with this Xbox. Fuck you. And if I sell it to GameStop <laughs> and then and Jay buys it, it goes, oh, hey, Jay, you fucking bought this from somebody else. How about you give me 20 bucks? See, if, if it's for that purpose, I could potentially see them, see them doing something like the Kindle did where they have a... a 3G connection that's built into it, and it's literally used for I can only see that. that. And it's just testing that? Yeah. But I've also heard they're going to subsidize both these consoles now. That's the big rumor I've heard, is that you're going to buy an Xbox or a PS4, and it's going to only cost 200 bucks. It's going to be cheaper than a Wii U, Actually, but you're going to have to buy subscriptions. Right. There's so a rumor. You, so you have a new <coughs> cell plan. Yep. There's a Japanese <coughs> company today that was rumoring that the Xbox 4 is going to be over $400. Really? Sorry, PlayStation 4, over, over 400. 400. Oh, we don't stupid. know about the Xbox yet. That is stupid. What um, the fuck is wrong with them? Over uh, $400? So that's $200 less than what the thing cost exactly. originally. Online. That's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> it should be cheaper. Always uh, active <laughs> online connection, what I think would be really interesting there. So uh, Microsoft has been toying a lot with the idea that you can play with your account. So you can go to Xbox.com. You can access Smart Glass, and you can kind of access your account from away from your console. So it would be really cool is if you could say, Hey, from work, there's a game I heard about. I want to download that to my console, and because it's active, it's re- it downloads and is ready for you to play by the time you get home. Yeah, and get all the updates too while you're at it, so yeah. I don't have to fucking wait 20 minutes for updates to happen. Yeah, but not and not to like <clears throat> throw a ton of water on it, but it just seems a little shady to me why they're doing it. But also, the Wii was supposed to do that. The Wii was always on. Was their big thing was that it could go into a big power saving mode where it took up less power than a light bulb. 
And that way they could push stuff to you constantly because they were like, oh, d- never turn this console off. And the thing is they never delivered on that. Like, if anything, they used it to push you annoying information. 40% of people were like, well, you can go online. Exactly. <laughs> and that was the, the whole idea of the Wii and why they put – I mean, that whole console was about stripping it down to the bare bones, <coughs> like – what can we do to make profit on this? They got rid of and they disc put tray. In, but they put in... They didn't have a disc tray. That's what I'm saying. They saved money. And they put in... But they put in Wi-Fi. They should have named it Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we can top that. <laughs> and that's it. That's it for Cinquenta. Exactly. Thank you, guys. Good night. Hold on. How do I drop this uh, microphone? No, there is... <laughs> there's one more thing we have to discuss this evening. Fennel out. Which is... <laughs> Sean? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. <clears throat> so in uh, in Japan, <laughs> there Lots is, of stuff happens there's a Japan. lot of stuff going on in Japan. But Small you know team. what? <laughs> What's not going on in Japan? Common sense. People dusting their homes or walking to trash cans. You know why? Because they are seed those Robots. bitches. <laughs> Boom! I found a website, and I am trying to see if my boss can help me translate it so that I can purchase <laughs> so that I can purchase a radio controlled garbage can. Yeah. And I'm going to put a video on our Facebook that we'll shows a brilliant one. ad. Just build one. Just strap a garbage can to any um, yeah. than <laughs> 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 Excuse me. From Japan? I'm too lazy to throw away my trash. Why would I We were at be, Toys R Us uh, today. You should have bought an RC car there. You should have bought no. one of the ones that's a cord so that the garbage can really isn't ever more than four <laughs> feet away from you anyway at all times. Is this charm? Like, hey, hey don't put it on an RC car while you're at it. Put it on a hopping robot dog. I think the charm <laughs> of all this is lost on you. So there's this company in the- Japan, and all they sell are RC things, but they sell kick-ass RC things. They sell a radio-controlled... Um, <laughs> Girlfriend. Of it. Dust mop. What's the thing that goes... Forklift. Forklift. Radio control forklift. That's awesome. Like Wait, full size? can you just talk about what no. the picture is for the link? Because the picture is a little Asian baby with <laughs> uh, like some kind of mop suit on. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what the photo is. So, being smart. So, yeah. Look, the, I, you yeah. don't even need to control that. You just throw the baby out on the floor yeah. and let it just yeah. squirm around baby style. I think that was Define the joke. Suit. Was that used to be uh, like used a to be thing? That was Japan's answer <laughs> to dusting? No, I think those things exist like as a joke where it's a little onesie that has a mop bottom and the idea is you put it on joke. your kid, and then your kid walks around. It's not a joke. I so think they, you can buy it at, like, novelty stores. So they haven't invented the nanobot that will just eat garbage. No, no, no. This one is amazing because there's this ad where a, a man food. and his, like, son are sitting on a couch, <laughs> and he has a little thing of trash, and he's like, ugh. He doesn't want to go throw that away. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> that's a poor man. That's a, that's a 20th century problem. <laughs> but here's a 21st century solution. <laughs> he pulls up a remote control, and zzzz, here comes the garbage here's, can. Here's Drop the, the trash. The in. conundrum that's going to face everybody. What if the remote control and the garbage are equidistant from you? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a world I want to live in. <laughs> what if they are both 10 feet from you? <laughs> what do you do? And what if they're both 10 feet in the same direction? That's when you get reaching What if you set sticks. the remote on the garbage can? In the garbage can. <laughs> you yeah. know, I've heard that China. I don't want to know what these kind of problems are like. <laughs> I've heard that China has solved this problem in a different way. Mm. Manual labor. They literally, <laughs> have, they literally have a family yeah. that lives in your house. And they come with the house. And their job is to make the do the dishes and cook the food mm. and do the laundry. And are they RC the controlled? Though? Yeah. yeah. How do you control them? They actually have uh, <laughs> roller money. They're, they're, uh, oh, with them. your. Yeah, you do. Voice you can, you control them with your status. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, they're controlled by fear and uh, and your social and, and standing. Yes. Yeah, and their and, and their the own personal system. social standing. Yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Nertastic in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been an amazing 50th episode. Pretty has. Hey, uh, on, on a serious note, though, after 50 episodes, we cannot thank everybody enough for listening. Uh, this has been so Yay. much fun for us. So, uh, Someone seriously chime in if you've listened to all 50. Not, not us. Not, I have. Uh, not us. Oh. Lis- listeners, this. <laughs> not one. Dis- discuss it on the forum. <laughs> and uh, in case oh, any yeah. of you discuss it on the forum. forum. Did you guys announce the forum? Oh, oh thank you very Hurrah. much. We didn't. We actually wanted to wait for you. Thank oh, you. Okay, you didn't have to wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one really knew how to do it right. So they, that's the yeah. way. Hey, you know that special treat that we were hinting at? <laughs> yeah. We just announced it. Yay. Uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> <laughs> someone talk about it quick. Thank you. I um, I finally got our forum up. It's nerdtastic in three D dot proboards.com mm. and uh, mm. it has boards for talking about topics that you want to hear us talk about for talking to the nerds for just general whatever you want to talk about and so on so throw stuff up on there <laughs> we're looking at it constantly absolutely so we've mentioned you can email us hit us up on Facebook or yeah. now definitely contact us via forum let me tell you this we haven't listened uh, checked our email in ages uh, I pay, apparently somebody's looking at Facebook, but if you hit that <laughs> forum up, we will answer you. And the first, the first posting on the forum right now is uh, deciding what uh, Jack should name his baby, and he will whatever gets the most votes. He will fourth, name the baby. Fourth, fourteenth uh, post will name the baby. We'll so. name the baby that whatever. Fourteenth post. Yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, my vote is Pubert. <laughs> <laughs> I like Batman. Batman. Supported. Pubert E. Geckler. Reroll. I like it. Pubic. Uh, so, ladies Pubic. and gentlemen, seriously, this is uh, Nertastic in 3D, episode number 50. My name is Jason Carter. Jason Peckle. Froven. Sean I mean. Fennel. Adam McFarlane. Pub <laughs> E. Geckler. <laughs> Pubie. You just, you forgot the ert. Pubert E. Geckler. Which, by the way, they would call him Bert for short. Or, uh, or Bud Hurt. What about Pube? Oh, Sup, took you? it to an inappropriate place. This is not an explicit podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has been number 50. Thank you so much it for joining us. It is rated explicit, though. It's not. Not anymore. No, no mas. Oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <Nice>. Shit bombs. <laughs> <laughs>